how is it going? How are things? You're very welcome to another episode of Ballin' Kill Buzz. As usual, I am the host, and I don't really disclose my name at this point, but I probably should. Uh, this is a place where you can temporarily escape life's troubles, struggles, and any other things that you want to add in there. So yeah, you can just sit back, relax, take it all in, and avoid your avoid the reality of your life. I chat to all sorts of humans, including myself, life, self-improvement, random stuff as well. So without further ado, let's get into tonight's episode. How, get straight into it, how did you start your podcast? Well, um, I suppose as we were talking about the last time, Dan, basically I had uh, got involved in kind of community radio and all of that kind of crazy cowboy world and um in in that in that game you kind of learn to to do everything yourself quite quickly because nobody despite there being like people around generally they're working on their own things and they're kind of over uh, sorry they're understaffed as it is so if you want your own show or you want your own 10 minutes on air it's up to you to get that over the line so i had gone through in that um in that world um, with TY, I'd gone gone there and done work experience. And it was the best work experience ever because it was like show up at 11 o'clock, go home at one, go home whenever, you know, they just didn't care. Um, and I was really enjoying it. So then, of course, lockdown comes and I'm not allowed to go in there anymore. Um, and I didn't have really my own equipment or anything. So I started just kind of cobbling together my own small little version of what you're seeing right at the moment, just a, a USB microphone um, and just trying to, like, I suppose, figure out how you how you do a radio show on the Internet. Of course, um, a lot of people know those uh, as podcasts. And so just little by little. Um, I suppose put one foot in front of the other and then I suppose by the almost the end of that year I had figured out the Jack McDonald show and that I would try and interview a few well-known Irish influencer type people um, and I suppose ask them more relevant questions than perhaps they had been getting on say RTE or Ireland AM where when they brought them on they just go geez don't you have loads of followers online and why don't you do a TikTok dance for us? And it's not really their fault they didn't understand the niche of what these people were doing, but I felt I could ask a few more interesting questions that people would be, um, you know, fascinated by, by actually knowing who these people were and, and why people uh, tuned into them every day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it, I think that is a thing where, like, when they're on national television, I, I don't know, it pisses me off a bit, like, but I suppose, like, maybe they, as you said they don't understand the whole niche of it like and it's this thing oh how many views have you got and it's just the real baseline questions without getting deep into whatever else um but what uh what kind of topics would you be asking them like i know there is a kind of a a little like side niche that that you'd kind of have would be like trying to get a bit of beef going between people which for a podcast is a good idea because it gets people talking and it gets you know it's listenable like because people want to hear beef and they want to hear like people stirring shit um what kind of stuff would were you asking like just more deeper stuff than like how many views do you get like well it's it's certainly dependent on the mood i was in that day dan and i suppose it's, it still does to a degree and it also depends on the the guest i mean if the guest seems like a person maybe they're a bit fiery and they have a few things to say then you'll venture into maybe uncharted waters if they seem a bit a bit like in their shell at times then you'd kind of almost baby them but yeah, I mean, some of the kind of more interesting questions would be like if somebody was involved in a breakup 
or um, if somebody had been saying something else about someone online. I mean, sometimes it definitely did veer into the schoolyard type stuff, but I felt there was maybe a little bit too much professionalism in other forms of Irish broadcasting where it was a bit boring and a bit mundane um, and everybody felt like they just, you know, graduated from Oxford. Whereas I wanted a bit of fun um, and a bit, I suppose, a bit of the American kind of razzmatazz in the whole thing. So, um, I, you know, I can't even think of a lot of them off the top of my head, but uh, certainly, you know, we'd even play games like I think there's a game, um, Hug, Marry or Hug, Marry or Kill or something to that degree, which was kind of designed like, well, if they don't want to talk about beef directly, we can play this um, and, and see what's going on. Also, you have to remember with a lot of these people, um, they're used to like maybe five minutes on Ireland AM or never being interviewed before. So it, it takes a bit of design from the interviewer's perspective to make sure that they can speak for 15 or 20 minutes and be interesting and engaging. So, uh, you know, I suppose with controversy comes longevity. So, you know, controversy isn't just because it'll get you clicks. It's also because it might keep the interview going for five or 10 minutes longer. Yeah, I always found it tough to um to actually interview like creators. What what did you think? Because you've um you've probably interviewed a lot more like higher higher standard ones like the likes of likes of Lauren Wheel and I can't really think of my I just that's the first one that came to my head. But uh, it's I always found it tough to actually think of stuff to talk about like other than like oh what video what videos do you do? And I feel like you kind of run out of things to say about that quickly. How did you find actually interviewing? creators well see i suppose that was the challenge of the whole thing as you say it's um you know it's a kind of a linear story they're all telling which is basically at one point in, in the last two years i downloaded an app and made a few videos and people seem to like me that's a lot of their story um, and a lot of them are quite smart so they managed to parlay that into other ventures and stuff but at the core of it they all have quite a similar story so as you say, the job of the interviewer, I suppose, was to just try and find different ways to approach it. And then especially if you found that maybe, uh, you know, the kind of interview portion was over, well, then can we just have a, a little bit of a conversation? Because people are also also just interested in these people day to day. How do they kind of act generally? But certainly, I mean, you couldn't really go over 20 minutes, I found. I think 20 minutes was kind of the breaking point. It didn't matter how many games or what kind of circus act you were performing. Ultimately, 20 minutes was relatively a breaking point. I, I know Bob Flavin, I think I got 40 minutes. There's some people generally a little bit older who you can get longer out of. But yeah, your kind of general TikTok Irish influencer is kind of 15, 20 minutes, I found. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think you will find like below, I think they don't, re they're not really used to actually like, despite the fact that they have like big platforms and they probably have to talk a lot, they're not actually being used to, you kind of touched on it a bit, like they're, they're kind of used to being asked certain types of questions, but they're not actually being like used to, I think they're kind of nearly shocked when you ask them certain things. And, um, but it's interesting, like it's, it's mad how like non like artificial they are and how like like a lot of people kind of see like the likes of Lauren Whelan and all them and they see all the glammed up to the glammed up to the top and they think oh look very artificial and all this not that I've ever talked to her but like I think in some cases where you see these guys who are real official now if you ask them certain questions I think they just turn back into like the kind of teenager they were and I think that's that's what I like about actually podcasting is like you can literally get down to like 
you can find like the person someone we used to be you know and like the kind of the the real what's the word like creative and stuff so i think people do put on this kind of face sometimes but um i'm trying to think of the biggest controversy didn't you have um the random section on Yes, the random section was on at one point. Um, he was, I don't know, to be honest with you, I haven't seen him in, in ages. There's so many of these names you bring up and you're like, where did that guy go? Because it was, you know, it was lockdown. So everybody who was anybody seemed to manage to get like their five minutes in the sun. I don't know. I don't know where he is, but he was one of many who, um, you know, draw a bit, drew a bit of ire. Um, himself, Paddy Murphy, even uh, that was that was I think this year he drew he drew some controversy. Um, so certainly you know sometimes you you pick guests with a bit of controversy in mind. He uh, the random section I think wanted to clear his name a little bit, so he was interested in coming on for that reason. There's you know and there's of course a million reasons why guests would come on, and so like you know I think the random section and Paddy Murphy perhaps though um, they were able to speak for even a bit longer some you know so some people because they're that bit older um, and they're also used to doing like TikTok lives and stuff like that um, it's just interesting you contrast it to some other people who are maybe used to do editing a bit more um, and maybe not speaking in longer form as much as say the random section or Paddy Murphy were at the time. Um, do you think do you think random section out of all the things I watched, I'd say random section was probably the most controversial lad you had. Not well, actually, sorry, not that the interview was controversial. The fact mm. like the actual figure was controversial. Um, who do you think was the most controversial person you had on? I don't know because I mean, I don't have an Excel spreadsheet with, you know, out a zero to a hundred controversy level. Uh, and once you hit a hundred, we definitely put them on. Yeah. controversy was certainly just kind of one aspect that I was interested in and also at the time I think more importantly than controversy was just quantity uh, I was doing I think it was three episodes a week Monday Monday Wednesday Friday because uh, I didn't have any other job we were in the middle of lockdown so was, I suppose there was a few jobs you could get but I was just I decided I'm gonna go hell for leather at this so it was kind of it was most of my week to be honest with you was these three shows a week um, and I'd get myself into knots to try and do them and have guests and have all these other you know features to them so when a person like the random session comes your way you go right you know in you step uh, as with any of the other guests it was it was really quantity I'm not sure particularly controversial I mean you could look then at the more mainstream figures I've interviewed people like George Hook um, or even there was an undercover cop I interviewed whose views would be controversial he himself isn't very controversial but he believes in legalizing all drugs because he worked for a police force in Wolves, in Wolverhampton, and um, he worked there for, I think it was about a year, um, you know, gave his whole life to this thing for a year, whatever, 80, 100 hour work weeks. Um, he was undercover, like really in the heart of it. And when they eventually swooped in on the gang that they, he was undercover for, when they swooped in on them, he got a text to say, congratulations, Neil, you've stopped the drug supply in Wolverhampton for three hours. And that's and he said at that point he was like, well, if I can't even stop the drug supply in Wolverhampton for three bloody hours, why are we doing this? So you know, there's controversy, uh, I suppose, in in personality, but then in subject matter as well. Yeah, no, it's very true. And as as you just said, the the quantity, like it's a big thing. I think anyone who does a podcast, there is these kind of little jobs that they have to set out, and a lot of the kind of 
how would I put it? Like, there's a lot of the things you have to kind of set out. And one, like a big job that you have is just getting your guests consistently. Because like, as you said, three times a week, like that's that's a fairly intense amount of guests to have to get. And a lot of the other jobs, like um, what was like the process of like, you start the podcast, there's all these jobs. Like we'll say you get a studio, you get all your mic, you get all your equipment. You try to get your guests, you find your, well, you find your niche, whatever, and you get, try to get all your guests. Like how, how kind of, like what, how intense, like, was it taken, like to, to just every single day, try and, try and improve the thing? Like, well, I suppose it was, it was basically five days a week, if not more, because see, as you say, like people don't see, but that, listen, that's every job. People don't understand the full scope of any job, but um, unless the one they're doing, but like, for example, with the podcasting thing is especially the minute you introduce video, you're fucked, you know, <laughs> because you have to not only release it on say YouTube or, or whatever, but you then also have to clip it up. And maybe if it's our podcast, you might be making 10 clips, you might be making 20. If you want them to gain some traction, you have to clip that all up, edit the little sections in between for say TikTok or Instagram, which is like 45 seconds for Instagram, a minute for TikTok, if you want to, to go viral. And then you have to release all of those clips. Um, meanwhile, you're trying to source the next guest. Maybe you're talking to a publicist or, or the guest themselves. They're a little bit apprehensive. You're going on air in two hours or whatever to record your next episode. You're trying to get news stories. Maybe if you want to cover kind of more newsy items, uh, you're trying to find maybe just friends of yours to fill in because a guest has gone, uh, you know, has just gone in the wind. So yeah, you're right. There's just so many different elements, which um, you know, they, they're all so fluid and it takes a bit of streamlining to kind of, I suppose, maybe take an 80 hour work week into whatever, a 40 or a 30 or some, something of that degree. And I even, at one point I tried hire, hiring an American guy at the peak of lockdown while the clips were going really well. I tried hiring an American guy off, I think it was Reddit or Fiverr or something to, um, to, to, to clip up some of the clips, but he wrote back to me and he was like, this is madness. I'm not doing this. Uh, so, you know, um, I think it really is a one man ship when you're a podcaster, it is your game. Um, and it's completely, you know, your ship to sink or to sail. Yeah. And I think when it is like, and it's not, maybe it's not always a one man ship. I think definitely when it is, and you like kind of get things consistently done and like you get episodes out and the people seem to be enjoying stuff like that i think there is a lot more satisfaction in that than like if you were kind of dragged along and there was a few of a few lads doing it like even like i see like a lot of the a lot of the bigger podcast a lot of the big podcasters would have the likes of your probably like independent video editor editors like i'd say like the likes of obviously the likes of joe rogan all the only job he probably has is just to fucking talk and like how nice that would be like for all every small podcaster would fucking love that um but yeah it's yes um, but i think they say the thing about rogan is he's relatively involved in the guest booking process that he does it on his phone or something or, or at least until recently and he like he reads a lot for his podcast so i think ultimately the workload r rarely gets very light and sometimes you see people who launch a podcast like they're you know the famous types uh, be it obama or michelle or michelle obama or springsteen or all these kind of big celebrities and if you listen to the podcast you get the feeling that they have had to do very little work in order for, you know to actually they are as you say just showing up and speaking so there's probably a balance there somewhere 
but certainly the the very small level interviewing anybody and everybody and trying to do all of the other kind of marketing and promotion side yourself i think maybe that's the wrong end of it but um, to go the complete opposite i wouldn't like to be there either somewhere in the middle what might be nice mm. um yeah as we've as we kind of touched on a bit like there's a lot of fucking difficulties there's a lot of struggling of of doing a podcast that people probably don't see and like as you say with any job you're never going to see it like because it's behind the scenes uh what like if you were to like mark down like the most difficult thing about doing a podcast or the thing you struggle most with what do you think that would be i suppose it's everything and anything consistency is so difficult um because you know so as they say like the minute you press upload on an episode say it's uh monday the the next thing your brain goes to is the next episode maybe you have a, a few drinks that night or something but like i mean the, the next the next episode is completely in your mind and you then have to go and source all the same guests or different guests and different segments and of course it depends how you do your podcast you know you mentioned joe rogan for example he does one guest three hours which is an interesting way to do it of course it requires a huge amount of research but it doesn't require multiple guests. So the way I enjoy podcasting is to try and have loads of different voices over the course of an hour, because it's closer to say how radio does it. And I also think it's closer to maybe a more enjoyable podcast. Um, you know, even for example, the two Johnnies do it kind of similar like that. And I think having lots of different guests and different voices is more enjoyable. But of course that takes quite a deal of time and so from uh, from the minute you press upload it's you know ringing publicists ringing booking agents can i get this guy and of course even if you do get a good guest it's rarely in line with your timeline because you're a small fry so they've no you know they've no interest in kowtowing to your schedule like they don't even really kowtow to say ryan tuberty's schedule or or a huge amount of 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 the famous irish people who are famous for interviewing really do have to adhere to other people's schedules so the idea that a podcaster in the west of ireland could get a big guest within seven days at times can be kind of fanciful so really have to have that organized weeks in advance so that then they're you know lined up and ready you've got the questions for them then you've got the clips from the last episode you're trying to get those out in line with publishing the youtube video so you know all of the videos together kind of have this symbiotic relationship where they go mega viral at the same time and people see a clip on TikTok and then they go to the YouTube and vice versa. So I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I think perhaps for some people who actually do this, I've just described a brain aneurysm. For <laughs> other people, I've described a stroll in the park because they probably haven't done it and they're going, should just clip it up and do it, send it out. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that is the outside perception, all right. Um but yeah, it's uh, I think, yeah, the consistency probably is the toughest part. I think if I yeah, if I was to answer the same question, it probably would be the toughest part. Um, and like the when there's a drop in motivation or whatever, like it is, it is the easiest thing in the world to say, oh, fuck it, I'll leave it for this week and whatever. And, uh, yeah, and even good... even guests like getting quality and consistency in guests, I see you have quite a, a, a wide variety of guests, which is which is really good. But like when I started doing three days a week, not only was I trying to find guests in terms of quantity, then I started trying to do a bit of quality assurance because there were people from various different companies, CBD companies and uh, authors and all of this kind of stuff. But you were kind of looking at their Instagram going, are you a serial killer, mate? Because this <laughs> is very, 
this is very weird what you're doing. You know, it's very clearly that they're doing this in like their mother's basement or something. Um, and uh, so uh, like you're trying to find, you know, kind of normal down to earth, interesting people with a story to tell. And you're trying to find those people every Monday for the rest of the year, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's and do you work it off actual? I meant to ask you this now. Do you actually work it off like seasons or do you just do like an episode perhaps? Like, do you ever take actual like have you taken on like three weeks off or anything, or do you just constantly go every week? Well, in my brain, I haven't taken a break off, Dan, but uh, the, the podcast feed certainly has taken a brain a break off. See, I've been doing a few other jobs kind of in the media. Uh, it sounds like a horrible word to say, but in the kind of media industry in Ireland, I've been doing a, one or two other kind of things around the place. So um, I've, you know, and I've been doing college as well. So, you know, every, everything together is just, it's it's a bit difficult to, to keep balanced. Um, and I suppose as well, just all of those episodes when I was doing like, you know, uh, th- two or three episodes a week, those were in COVID when you had nothing else to do. You could go for a walk or record a podcast. That was that was the variety of life. Whereas over the last while, you've been able to go on holidays. I've gone on a few different holidays, just kind of lived life. And certainly I'd like to get back to it. I hope to have a Christmas episode at the very least over the next while. But it is definitely my perspective that you have to live in a life outside of recording or broadcasting or podcasting because it really helps the questions you you ask and the questions you answer and just your general kind of approach to, um, I suppose, to speaking and to orating different stories on a podcast, because then you have a variety of life experiences to tap into. You know, you you understand where the Champs-Élysées is in Paris, or you understand where Athlone is, you know, all these, all these different things that may come up in an episode. You've actually lived your life a bit, so you understand, uh, you know, those things when people reference them. Yeah, yeah, no, that is very true. Yeah, like, yeah, because people are really there for, like, to hear experiences, really, like, I think. Um, depend on your niche, obviously, but I think people, you know, people want to hear, want to hear stories, want to hear something different that they don't hear all the time. And yeah, you do, you do need that kind of, you do need that in your locker where you can just, you, you know, you understand, you understand life, and a bit like kind of as I would say now, probably with a lot of good podcasters, but especially with the likes of Joe Rogan that I would see that he's, he obviously studies a lot of stuff to do his podcast, but like he's extreme, he has a lot of life experience, and he. The stuff he talks about, like even the time he nearly killed the lad. Remember, he knocked him out. I, I don't know. Do you listen to? But ages ago, he was saying about how he nearly not like nearly killed the guy. Like in um, was it jujitsu or Thai? He was doing something anyway. He kicked him, and uh, like stories like that. Like it's it's just it's it's you know like not everyone has that story. So I think that's what brings in the uh, the kind of variety to it. Um, what I wanted to ask actually was you said about like lockdown and like everyone knows that every every lad and his mother started a <laughs> podcast during lockdown. And it's, I was definitely like, we were both, you know, we were both uh, the lockdown podcasters, but um, do you think it's getting to a stage where there's too many podcasts? I'd almost feel guilty sometimes when I don't have a like extreme like niche and I just see loads of lads starting them as well. And they're like real, just kind of the same. I feel like there's a, maybe, do you think there's too many podcasts out there or, it's funny isn't it it's a funny one it's kind of like an oft repeated thing now everybody has a podcast there's too many podcasts and i mean the numbers bear that out there was something like eight hundred thousand podcasts in the directory before uh, lockdown and then after lockdown there is now 3.5 million podcasts 
uh, you know, so you just wonder where the quality is um, with more than two uh, two plus million podcasts added to it. But um, in short, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. It does feel like, as you say, everybody and their mother's starting a podcast. Loads of people are starting dating podcasts and you're looking yeah. at these guys going, well, I don't think any woman has ever gone near you, mate. So I don't know mm-hmm. why you're giving advice. And even on TikTok, I think there's a lot of people who are starting podcasts on TikTok and not actually releasing the full episodes. You see like the big text and the uh, subtitles and all of that. So it is becoming a bit of a trope, but in short, I mean, if you think about how dominant radio was over the last, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, every radio station had, um, you know, whatever, 24 hours of programming, or at the very least, say 12 compelling hours of programming across multiple shows. And generally, there was multiple radio stations in an area. So if you were to think about those shows as individual, say, podcasts back in whatever, uh, 30 years ago or something, and multiply it out, I think perhaps there is too many. But we need, I think we needed more than five or 800,000, maybe 3.3 million is reaching a bit of an excess. But people, I don't think, you know, phrase it in the right way, which is we've always had a multitude of audio shows available, you know, be it Jerry Ryan or, or Ian Dempsey or Ray Darcy or all these people who are who were very, very famous, um, you know, and to FM and some have transitioned over to the, to today FM. Like there has always been a huge amount of, of radio consumption in Ireland, but just generally. So it's it's very difficult to pin it. Certainly, I think there are a lot of podcasts who maybe aren't doing a bit of quality control and kind of scrapping episodes and stuff like that. But by the same token, it's a hobby. Um, and, you know, people don't say there's too many amateur footballers or there's yeah. there's too many amateur bowlers or, you know, things like this. Like it's a hobby, people. Um, not everybody is doing it for, uh, you know, a, sub- a sub- subscription sponsorship or or anything like this. People, I think, are just doing it because they don't feel heard. And so, if you don't feel heard in your job or in your community or whatever, it's very easy to buy a hundred euro USB microphone and go right. I'm going to be the next Johnny Carson. I'm going to be the yeah. next Joe Rogan. Yeah, there's yeah, it's definitely it's very therapeutic. I think because like I think a lot of people. I do definitely believe that, like what you just said, like a lot of people kind of start them just because no one fucking listens to them, um, and it's it's kind of nice to know you're listened to, isn't it? Like it's kind of like it's, you know, and you like you feel like you have a listenership and you see like listens coming in, and you're like Jesus, someone actually is listening to me, and it's I don't know, there's something about that that's kind of just nice. Yes, it's an absolute buzz. Like even the last day, the Galway Hooker Brewery sponsored me, and now apologies. <laughs> To the Galway Hooker, I've never drank a, a, a drink of of, Bo, of Galway Hooker, but I was absolutely buzzing for about a day because of that. Uh, you know, there's just things like that where different accounts follow you. I remember one time Shamrock Rovers commented on my TikTok and I was like, yes. And at the time, I think they'd only just joined TikTok and they were maybe mass commenting to try and gain some traction. I don't think I was particularly special in that occasion. But, you know, at the time, you're absolutely buzzing on these small little kind of glimpses of affection or, or you know, people t- uh, text in or or um, Instagram you or, or whatever, email in and they're like, uh, I'm really jo- enjoying the podcast and you're seeing it grow in the numbers. Each one you release is better than the last one. And, and you know, maybe even you take a week's break, you release another one and it's bigger than the last few. So yeah, the, I mean, the absolute affection is is incredible. 
but as 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 we say um that's not the same for everybody um and certainly i think a lot of people are just in it for the affection and maybe not the like the kind of underlying broadcasting or kind of reaching an audience or, or telling a story they're just there because their mother won't respond to their calls anymore so they're <laughs> like right i'm going to release a podcast and you know post the link on facebook and then she'll have to listen to me yeah yeah um yeah i think i think i think everyone deep down like even when they say to broadcast and like you know wanting to broadcast i think everyone deep down started for a little bit of attention like i think i will wholeheartedly say that i fully started it just for a bit of attention and you know you know i am i'm a real fucking attention seeker not in like an extremely bad way but like you know i do like and in, in, in everyone's way like everyone likes attention like which you know, i may as well be honest um do well you... certainly i'd say i'd say on the attention thing dan like i i i really do enjoy the attention when it comes my way you know um yeah. i've been stopped the odd time like say um going up to dublin or in a nightclub or whatever people go oh you did that podcast and you're like uh, you know in the moment you're like no no that wasn't me and then when they when you realize uh they're 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 they are drunk but they're sober enough to actually put two and two together you go well yeah it was me thanks yeah. for listening or whatever um but i think the attention so the attention thing is lovely but um, at least for me, where I started was community radio. So there is not much attention in community radio. It is you're, you're broadcasting to kind of avoid generally. People are not too interested. They're not really tuning in. Uh, they, they tune in maybe uh, one day a year um, and they hear you and they say you're great, but then they're not tuning in afterwards. So it really is about like the kind of, I suppose, the the, the core of broadcasting, the kind of, um, I suppose, trying to trying to be innovative or interesting. You know, even I used to work on the breakfast show and you would just come in at eight o'clock or seven o'clock. Um, a while before the show would start and you just start throwing ideas you know do we do song of the week song of the year whatever and it was incredible to see just within a few minutes the air the idea that we had broadcast sorry brainstormed was being broadcast to however many people be it five or five thousand you know so mm -hmm. um, i think yeah there's certainly attention is a big factor in podcasting but there are lots of reasons why people get involved in in broadcasting and podcasting and certainly you see some people with kind of podcasts that have no listeners uh you know very bad artwork and and they're weirdly formatted and you go on the one end i think you, sh you shouldn't quit the day job here mate but on the other you are really truly kind of pursuing a passion in a very wholehearted way you know so um i don't know i, I think both are interesting yeah and I, I yeah and i think to keep going and to have some bit of longevity at it you do have to you do have to really enjoy it and it has to be a passion because i think i kind of grew into it being a passion like at the start pretty started as like maybe an attention thing but i think you do have to kind of keep going like to keep going and have longevity and go for a few years at it and whatever for any amount of time you do have to really enjoy doing it because there will be times like the start i'm not sure is everyone the same but i know at the start like whatever listens are grand and they're going well and there does have a dip and it does dip like fairly bad because i think it for me personally it dipped fairly bad because um maybe the quality went down a bit and maybe just i think people the kind of buzz the novelty wore off a slight bit so i think when that goes down that's kind of when a lot of people quit so yeah if you don't i think if you don't love it you're not gonna get too far the attention wears off like 
Definitely, definitely. And of course, you know, with all those things, a lot of that is like a community effect as well. It's like, see, see, Dan, he started a podcast. What's he at? And then there's loads of people listening and maybe they like it, maybe they don't. But there's this like community effect where lots of people are are listening and then eventually it kind of hits a plateau. And then it's your job to try and really give it socks and try and get it going again. Um, and you know, it can be, it can be difficult. And there's episodes, I'm sure you, you relate to that. There's episodes you release where you go, this is going to be mega. People are going to love this one and people don't really care. Uh, you know, even I was interviewing, uh, Cudi and Chike recently, they are um, the directors behind the genius documentary on Netflix. In my opinion, one of the best documentaries of the year, but it's kind of charting Kanye from the last 20 years where um, he was he was nothing. Essentially, he was a you know, small town producer in Chicago and he goes from that to producing for Jay-Z to eventually breaking through as a successful superstar. You know, uh, and I interviewed them and I put that out on YouTube and TikTok and all the all the razzmatazz. And I, I like it was like radio silence. You know, there was very little reaction to it. And you you want to scream at the listeners and go, this is a Netflix documentary, you know, documentary. Yeah. You have been tuning in to some person who dances in their bedroom, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. people like what they like, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, what was it I was going to say? Did um, the would you get much uh, would you get much stick? Because I obviously like. We know the way like the Irish are like the Irish are a grand bunch of lads, but uh, they do it's the odd time they'd like to tear you down. And that's it. They don't like I think seeing people talk on a podcast maybe sometimes does turn the odd one of them off. Um, But did you ever get any bit of stick off anyone? Oh, yeah. Constant. I mean, <laughs> this is Ireland, as you say, people love to tear you down, you know, um, be it a, a new car or um, a new house or a podcast or whatever. There's always going to be a hint of begrudgery in it, which, you know, I, I love. I, I, I do actually really enjoy some of the begrudgery you get, but it's funny how it changes. So um, I was lucky in the begrudgery in that I only saw a few comments on, say, like a live stream because I was live streaming the podcast initially. So I saw a few comments come in when I was first doing them because, of course, we were in lockdown. So people couldn't couldn't really get to you. You know, that was the only way they yeah. could kind of get to you. And sometimes you'd, you'd look back at the comments and be like, oh, that's that's a tough one. But very quickly, when the numbers started to turn my way and, you know, we were getting quite a quite a bit of interaction. Then when we went back to school, the conversation had switched to, are you making money? God, how did you find, get that person, et cetera, et cetera. So I think to anybody out there who's uh, finding it a little bit tough, generally with success, the begrudgery um, can dissipate a bit. You know, there's always going to be a hint of it. Uh, that's just that's just us Irish. But um, certainly when you're when you're that when you start to get a few few numbers behind you or a guest or something, people start to kind of, um, you know, think in, think another way and they they calm down. You know, they they begrudge everything until you're making uh, any money out of it. And then it's like, well, fair play to you, because money seems to be the, the general currency of yeah. respect in Ireland. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah, you're you're fucking dead right there. Um, did any did any criticism you ever got? Did it ever stick with you, or was it just kind of water off a duck's back? Well, I mean, in general, yeah, you kind of laugh at them, and it's it's water off a duck's back. But 
every so often, of course, they're going to get to you. You know, um, I can't remember. There was there was the odds. There was like on every TikTok on every TikTok video, there used to be like some really strong like comments of criticism, and you're going mate, this is a, a 17 year old at the time interviewing a 19 year old about a TikTok dance. Can you calm down? <laughs> like this yeah, isn't yeah. a commentary on society. Um, and so people were getting very, you know, or at least had the propensity to get very, very angry over kind of what I felt was minute things. But then people started to like make these different videos where it was like POV or Jack McDonald interviewing someone. And they were basically, you know, they were like comedy sketch type things, but they were, you know, and in a comedy sketch, of course, to be funny, you must accentuate people's worst habits or worst qualities. So they were making my voice really nasally and high pitched. Um, and they were asking like, like they'd ask uh, like a kind of an empathetic question and follow it up with a really salacious one. So they'd be like, you know, so I hear your mother died and the guest would go on about that. And then I'd butt in um, and say, you know, ask something really crazy and controversial. Uh, so one or two of those, I was like, God, that's a bit, that's a bit, you know, that, that's a bit far. Um, there was one or two done well, but there was one or two uh, where maybe went a bit over the top. But yeah, I suppose in general, of course, they're going to get to you at points. But, um, you, you know, uh, there's, there's so many good comments and so many people kind of, um, you know, and the numbers bear that out with the likes or follows or whatever. Um, you just try and temper it, you know, and go, well, people are tuning in, people are liking it. Um, you know, as they say, all publicity is good publicity. The only the only bad publicity is your own obituary type thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, for even anyone making a TikTok about you is um is, is pretty impressive. I would no one ever made any fucking TikToks about me, so I would count that. <laughs> if as that a, guy's if that guy's watching, why don't you make a TikTok about Dan? Yeah, it's it's a pretty pretty major win now. I would I would uh, call obviously like at the time when you're looking at it, it's not it's probably not great when there's someone taking the piss out of you. It's um yeah yeah, and it's stage it's stage of life thing as well, Dan. Of course, because I think I was maybe seventeen at that point. So you know, you're still, uh, um, of course, all these ages you're questioning yourself. But at certain ages, more than others, you're questioning core characteristics of who you're going to be as a person. So when people start taking the piss out of them, uh, especially at that age, you're like, well, I like I like my voice or I like my hair or whatever. Oh, that was the other one. People have uh, quite a common trend. People emerge was like lesbian haircut. Like there was one person who would um, comment under all of them, your man with the lesbian haircut. <laughs> and so it became a joke amongst me and my friends. But at first I was like in the mirror going, I don't think this is a lesbian haircut. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't understand where some of the comments come from. Like, if you look at some comment sections, I feel, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's uh, it's funny though to read them sometimes. I don't know. I I I think they add a bit of comedy to things, but then you obviously don't think of it the other side of it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, lesbian haircut now is definitely a fucking weird one. Yeah, it definitely is, and and um, you know, I'm over it now. Two years on, I've I've just recovered from it. But um, yeah, certainly I think there is definitely a stage of life thing. Um, and maybe if you see if you see a 15 year old start a podcast, maybe don't leave a public comment. I mean, if a 30 year old starts a starts a podcast, I kind of feel like that's free range, obviously, um, you know, within reason. But people are free to kind of voice their opinions and take the piss a bit as somebody gets a bit older. 
But especially when you're in those younger years, you're kind of questioning um, a lot of characteristics about yourself and uh, you're already a bit out on the limb feeling kind of vulnerable starting the fucking podcast. So to uh, for other characteristics of yourself to be criticized in the process is like, you, you know, a shit sandwich or something. Yeah. And, and what I was what, what um what social media tends to do and like especially TikTok. Like you see on Instagram videos, like there's rarely that many comments on like an average post that someone does. But like you could be like the biggest nobody that no one has ever heard of, like literally just doing like a dance around your kitchen and you could miraculously get like 5000 comments. So like that's why I would would be kind of like if I had a 15 year old son or something or daughter and they said they wanted to start a, pod- that's a podcast and they wanted to put clips on TikTok. That's why I or sorry, that's when I would be a slight bit hesitant because the shit people say on tiktok is so unfiltered because they know there's going to be so many comments that they can say whatever the fuck they want like if it's on instagram it's a bit more held back because i think people see like their their account is kind of seen on tiktok it's literally just user 507 whatever and it's it's a lot more kind of unfiltered which yes it's mob mentality really isn't it there was that story i think about like a murder in queens where like you know so queens new york every all of the houses were like basically together they were apartment blocks i think um and so like loads of people heard this murder and heard it like developing and happening but no one called the cops because they all thought uh, should the other neighbor will call the cops and yeah. you know in the end it took i don't know something insane like maybe 20 minutes while they were all basically listening to the same incident for anybody to raise the alarm because everybody kind of feels anonymity amongst the crowd that somebody else will step in or you know or somebody else will kind of say something good i'm just going to go and say something a bit snide here yeah yeah no that's yes yeah, it's, it's an interesting one all right um but yeah it's yeah, the podcast scene probably isn't for everyone, I suppose. Yeah, they, they do they do pick on any insecurities you have. Um the one of the last things I'd want to ask you, I'll just flip over to a different kind of topic here. Um do you have any strong opinions on RTE or any of the stuff that they broadcast? I heard a video you did ages ago on the late late show. Or late <laughs> sorry, late late toy show. I heard that that sorry, that was ages ago. Um do you have any criticisms of RTE in general or I don't know if criticism is is the right word I certainly I don't like a lot of what they produce I'll be frank about that um I don't you know I don't think it's reflective of of what myself or yourself Dan for example would be interested in watching and a lot of the things you see them kind of debuting um and they're like you know coming up next and you go, why would anybody watch that? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they do lean into the kind of the reality TV genre quite a bit. You know, you've got Ireland's Fittest Family and uh, Dancing with the Stars and different things like that that are they're quite popular uh, and people seem to people seem to like them, which is fair enough. But there are so many things they have produced in the past which were of such high note and such quality that you just wonder where the same commissioning editor is, you know, be it say Pure Mule, which was I think uh, 2005, 2006, and then it came back into 2009. That was a fantastic TV show. I've just actually watched it recently. Um, even if you think about say more recent Love Hate, uh, there's so many, even the, that Quinn documentary that they produced um, recently, what was that last week? That yeah. was that was incredible to watch. So there are uh, huge pieces of of quality in their back catalogue. Even the Tommy Tiernan, Tiernan show is, is so incredible and could only really be done by RTE, to be fair to them. So there are a huge amount of quality. It's just 
um, for for me at least, I feel quite a bit of frustration because it never really feels like um, you know our voice, kind of people on I suppose under thirty five who aren't in a family setting, um, our voice isn't really heard. They're not producing the kind of interesting dramas or kind of funny comedies. Even think about Republica Telly. Um, you know, it just you you wonder where the money is going um, for what is being produced. And when you listen to the radio, for me at least, it's only the two Johnnies that I would tune into. Um, you know, at least in the two FM slate, there isn't uh, a huge amount. I think of interesting innovations within, say, the that kind of that field. Um, I think the two Johnnies are are kind of unique in in that aspect. Um, so yeah, I think. It's it's hard to surmise it all, but um, it would be a bit reckless to go. It's all crap, but certainly there is a huge room for development there. Even like they have been doing well with say Kin, uh, which is a good uh, crime series. I think that's coming back for season two, um, and you've got Normal People. So they have produced quite a quite a few you know uh, good shows for the size of the network. But I'd like to see them go in a more productive route in the kind of Quinn documentary route as opposed to the reality TV uh, route. Yeah. Um, that Yeah, that the whole I kind of... What? Sorry. Uh, the, the, uh, the thing I kind of... The whole I kind of mentioned... Sorry, someone just walked in there. No. Uh, the kind of whole I meant... I kind of recognised in the whole thing was like the talk show side. Sorry, even more than RTE, like kind of even like um virgin media as well as like the talk shows like even you look at ireland am the late late probably has got a slight bit better but like it's um i don't know like even you see the late late and this is like a, a criticism i would have of the whole thing and i'd watch the late little bit and i can sit through it like it's not too bad but they nearly don't get like like i think what i like about podcasts is like they get someone asks someone something that they're really passionate about or whatever something that affects them maybe emotionally or something and they don't really get like deep into the issue. They kind of just like talk about it for two seconds and they kind of go out. Of it. And I suppose like, look, when it's a five minute interview, that's the reality of it. It's easy for me to sit here and say that they don't have a fucking agenda to get through five guests in 40 minutes. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that the, there is definitely a gap there where someone like young, like some kind of young podcaster or creator could get some kind of a slot, be it radio or TV. But I think... Yeah, I don't know. I, f I feel like some of the shows aren't too bad, but it's just the talk shows are just what I tear my hair out about. Like, even fucking the Today Show. Like, I like Dahi and Maura. Or, like, they seem dead on, but I just feel like the show itself, It's I don't even think it's their fault. I think it's just the guests. So, yeah, there's room for improvement. But I'd like to see now, maybe they're short of money. I don't know. I suppose that is a problem as well. RT are definitely short of cash at the moment. But I just, it's kind of just a pity to see it kind of decline after what it was for a few years with a few yeah. shows they had. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I wouldn't have any crit particular criticisms of the Today, Today Show. I think it's been about like nine years since I watched that. Uh, but when you think about maybe the late, 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 I think Tuberty often comes in for criticism. And often it's it's quite unfair, to be honest with you. Uh, but I think he's a very good host. But it, you just wonder about some of the format. You know, the format was developed um, a long, long time ago when the when there was kind of only money for one big chat show a week it was a friday night and everybody in ireland who had a tv set tuned it in and maybe the neighbors came over and watched um the neighbors television set so like it was quite a cultural event and as a result they needed to cover quite a few topics uh, you know they needed to cover something serious something funny um something interesting something 
uh, perhaps with a, a view to the future. And um, they had, you know, they had to cover quite a wide remit of issues and, and um, events. Whereas I feel now, if they wanted to, they could produce quite a, an incredible show if they just cut down on the the interest in variety. You know, if they perhaps limited the guests they brought in, um, and maybe if they focused a bit more on the lighter side. You know, it's it's always such a hard cut they make between you know here's a a funny guest and we're having ten or fifteen minutes of crack. We're talking to the audience. This is all good. Next up is somebody who has two days to live, and you're going what? This is. <laughs> you know, 11 o'clock on a Friday night. I don't want to watch that, you know, uh, yeah. power power to that person. But, um, uh, you know, it's just not the kind of headspace you're in. Where even even with Tommy Tiernan, uh, very rarely is it uh, expressly about comedy. The Tommy Tiernan show is very rarely expressly about comedy. It's kind of, it's a much more serious show, even than The Late Late. It's just that because of Tommy Tiernan's skills as a comedian, at times he's able to make it very funny. But, you know, um, it's expressly it's expressly a darker, heavier show. And I think the late late could go a little bit lighter without needing to constantly try and bring back the darkness of other subjects, you know? Yeah. And the, the thing I feel bad for Tuberty is about now, I'm not particularly gone on him, but I don't think he's that bad. Like he's kind of between Kenny and like Gay Byrne was a sorry. I mean, yeah, sorry. Kenny was probably not great. Not that I remember. I just remember seeing clips of him. But like every owl person compares Ryan Tuberty to Gay Byrne, which is kind of unfair because like anyone like obviously I wasn't around in Gay Byrne's time, but like anyone who talks about him just said he was like pure genius. Like so to compare him is a bit unfair, I suppose. Yeah. And I mean, the comparison to Gay Byrne, at least I wasn't around during the time, but I've talked to quite a few people who were around at the time, uh, you know, relatives and stuff. And what they would often say is that he could be very hit or miss is the, you know, is, I suppose is what is lost. He's kind of renowned for two or three big events, you know, taking on the church at one point in time, talking about contraception at another point in time. Um, you know, so he's renowned for like uh, these few kind of big events. But um, that's not that's not the fullness of his character. That isn't, you know, day in, day out. How was he every Friday night showing up to that show? You know, presumably he had to have had an off night. So I don't know, was he a genius or a genius of his time? It's, you know, there is a distinction there. But either way, he seemed to have been quite a talented broadcaster when he needed to be. Um, and so, yeah, you're giving Tuberty quite a high bar to you know to jump over be it um you know the actual the actuality which perhaps was that is that gay burn was you know this incredible genius or this kind of invented actuality which was god gay burn every friday night he came out and he wowed us all when in reality uh, the people saying that didn't even tune in you know yeah um the last thing i'll ask you which i asked kind of every guest just since since a few months ago um Jack McDonald, are you happy? I think uh, I think that's an interesting one. Uh, that's one of those questions where it's like, what's your favorite music? And you yeah. find yourself kind of scrambling around the place. I think relatively, yeah, I think, this, you know, as you're trying to do a million things at once, which I'm sure kind of everybody listening feels that way. Um, you know, it's not just kind of chasing podcasts or media or things like that. I think, you know, even if you're doing, I don't know, arts, in uh, Carlo or Manute or Dublin or wherever, even if you're doing kind of what is considered a cam course somewhere in the in the world, you're probably feeling quite 
inundated with emails and uh, you know your work your shifts for work and all of this other uh, you know friends and enemies and all of this kind of stuff so uh, yeah I think I think I'm relatively happy but um, certainly maybe I think um, it'll be good now things hopefully will slow down a little bit as always thanks so much for listening so much work goes into this every week and it's it's savage to see people actually taking time out of their days to to listen in and hopefully enjoy it as well um you can follow us on instagram and tiktok don't be afraid to interact with us or drop a dm or something like that anyway take care of yourself and hopefully i'll see you for the next episode thank you